Hey, Northwest Arkansas, welcome back to another episode of Hey, Hey, N-W-A. We are here with you live in your ears. So this week on the show, we interviewed Cody Ford. Uh, and Peyton, when we started Hey, Hey, N-W-A, there was a couple of people who I thought, if we ever get big, we will hopefully one day interview a couple of people and... Cody Ford was on my list. Cody Ford was like, if we ever make it big, one day we'll interview Cody Ford about the idol class. He's going to be so flattered to hear that. He might be. Chad might also, if he's listening, be flattered to hear that Chad Moppin was also on that list with Caddy Wampus. Um, and we've been at this thing for four months now. Ooh. I don't know. About, Sorry, that noise hey, was just my confusion. Hey, Tim noise. Allen. What's up? It's tool time. Ooh. <laughs> um so Cody Ford was on that list. Also, Chad Moppin was on that list with Caddy Wampus, and here we are four months in, and we've interviewed both of them. And so we've exhausted my we're done my long list of people who I was super excited to interview and um, who I thought would be the zenith of podcast uh, interviewees i guess for northwest arkansas people who were doing really cool stuff that i really admired well listeners uh i'm sure you know that that's this is as good as it's going to get and after this we we have nothing more we're just going to crash and burn there's no all of the rest of you out there that think you can be interviewed just kidding we've reached the zenith yep you're all uninteresting (laughs) sorry well okay so uh, what's great about Cody and the work that Cody does is he talks to artists in Arkansas and produces this magazine called the auto class. He's the editor in chief over there. Um, kind of created it himself. Uh, and when I first moved up here, uh, even growing up in Arkansas, the thought that someone could produce a magazine, even quarterly that talked about the arts in Arkansas was incredible and Uh, ridiculous to me Um, because I thought, man, there is not enough content in this state to keep a magazine going, especially to do one every three months. So uh, talking to Cody and hearing about what all exactly was going on in Arkansas with everything from architecture to fashion, to slam poetry, to visual arts, to theater, like the list goes on. It was really encouraging to me because it kind of rejuvenated that hope of arts in Arkansas exist and there's good stuff going on. True. Yeah. And, um, as a person who is not as much in the art scene, but you know, would like to be, Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciated being able to talk about that perspective of those being able, those wanting to be a part of it, but um, trying to figure out how to support and how to get involved. So it was a good conversation. I thought so. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it took a little bit to get Cody around and us around to get our schedules lined up, but we finally did. We did. I think after two or three attempts, we made it happen. And uh, what you're about to hear is the conversation that ensued. Uh, when we got to sit down with Cody Ford and talk about the Idol class and also Black Apple Awards, which you'll hear all about. Yeah, man. So with that, we're going to get started. Sort of. We're sort of going to get started. We'll see about that. We'll see what happens after this. Swear warning. 
so usually um, we give you guys the heads up that there's going to be some cusses, some curses, words, some battle cusses um, in the episode to let you know if you got chilling in the room to maybe hang scoot on them out. Yeah. Boot, scoot them out of the yeah, room. Yeah. Kick them out, kick them out and get them in school and then listen to the episode. Sometimes this has a little more heavy language than what we usually have on the show. So sure. just be cognizant of that. So, all right, now we're really going to get started. Now we're really going to get started and it's a really great interview. So do listen to it. Just just scream every time you hear a swear word, and then you won't hear the swear word. Or maybe we'll just scream. I'll edit it in and post, and I'll just scream over every cuss word that Peyton says. I don't know what's worse. Because Peyton what? did... <laughs> Wait, hold on. I just Peyton, realized you threw me under the bus. Peyton, I didn't say any swears. Peyton did all the cussing in this episode, um, which is what was really abnormal about this episode. So... Uh, <laughs> So I think I'll let the listeners decide who did the swearing. Okay, good deal. Anyway, so enjoy the episode, and we will see you on the other side of it. Hey, Northwest Arkansas, welcome back to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. Today we have Cody Ford with us. He's the editor-in-chief at the Idle Class Magazine. Cody, how would you describe the Idle Class Magazine? So the Idol class, basically, we celebrate the creative life in Arkansas. That can be everything from fashion to food, which is what our uh, new issue is about, to uh, you know, music, visual art. We, you know, we always have visual art in every one of them. So in theater, just all kinds of things, really. How did the Idol class get started? Were you a part of it from the very beginning? or? Yeah, it's my baby. So basically, what happened, to jump back a little bit... Um, I, right out of college at UCA for my undergrad, I did a publication for their paper there. It's called Libertine. It's like a, kind of like the free weekly a little bit, except it's monthly. And I did that for like about a year and a half. And then I left and moved up here. A friend of mine did it for a couple more years. And so I always had that bug to do it again, just because I love the creative aspect of it. And so, you know, I'd, I'd looked into doing a magazine off and on. And had never, uh, I don't know, it's something about it, I just hadn't quite got the balls to do it when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it, it always seemed cost prohibitive to me. And I was like, oh, I need $50,000 to do this. And then 2013, 2011 came and I launched the Idol class as a uh, blog on Tumblr. And the way the name came uh, from this, I had, uh, I don't know, I had about 40 maybe 30, just ideas for names. And some of them were pretty good, but all the good ones had been taken. And so finally I was walking around back in the good old days when we had Hastings in Fayetteville, which was like my favorite place to just go chill, you know? <laughs> yeah. You guys, I'm sure, I'm sure probably spent some time in there too. And uh, I was walking around in there one day, and I've always been a big Charlie Chaplin fan, and I saw this... Uh, DVD collection of some of his lesser-known short films, basically like Dude's B-Sides that he put out back before he got like super famous early in his career. And one of them was called The Idol Class. And I was like, oh, I really love that name. And then it just clicked with me, because he was like lampooning the rich, but it clicked with me that, well, you know, I could use that, because people think creatives are idle. You know, oh, they're just doing yep. their little thing over there. And I, and I thought it was kind of funny, and so it's basically sort of a tongue-in-cheek name. Nice. And, and, and yeah, and, and I totally took it, and uh, I mean, I assume it's in the public domain by now, so I can steal it. <laughs> I don't think yeah. we ever copyrighted that name. Yeah. But but yeah, you know, and that's, that's where the name came from. We did that Tumblr blog, then a year later, we launched a website, 
And then, uh, I guess 2013, like the fall of 2012, I worked for a brand development company and I was trying to put together a proposal for a new client we had. And it was going to like be just basically a marketing budget for them because they didn't have a marketing person at the time. And I was hitting up some of these publications around here to get their ad rates and so I could coordinate some ad buys potentially. And one of them was like, had apparently was familiar with our website. And she was like, oh, you're not going to start a magazine with these, are you? And I was like, oh, no, I can't do print. You know, that's way too much. And then I got to look and I was like, I can totally fucking do this. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, b because of her telling me not to do something, I went and did something like I'm a toddler. Oh. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I had, uh, back then, uh, one thing I've often on over the years, I've just kind of worked nights. And so I could have more time during the day to pursue creative things. So I'd been working nights and I'd been adjunct teaching uh, for a while and I'd managed to save up about four grand. I was like, all right, let's do it. So I paid for the first uh, issue out of pocket. And what I did was I had this idea. I was like, I know people will like what we're doing, but I, I, I couldn't really sell very many ads except to a few businesses I knew beforehand for that first issue, which basically paid for our contributors, which most of the people did stuff for free that first issue. And so I took it to all the businesses that I would want to advertise with this, and that's where I distributed them at. And then they saw people coming in and picking them up and talking about it. And that gave us enough money to fund the next one. First issue had 1,200 copies printed. <laughs> Second issue was 2,000. Okay. And you know, we do 10,000 now. But it took, it took us a while to get there, you know? It was, yeah. I mean, like a lot of the society magazines around here, they do 20, 30, 40,000 or whatever. But, you know, maybe they didn't start off like we did. I don't know all their stories. but Right. They yeah. might have had, like, more backing behind them. But, yeah. But, and you're just, like, literally, did you do this entirely on your own like did you start it on your own and then you started pairing with people yeah i mean it, well i didn't write everything for the first issue or do right. all photography and stuff i had contributors for that i've always had contributors but i mean it's pretty much always been me for the most part i mean i still sell the ads and do the distribution today yeah, yeah. i don't design it anymore I, i've had uh been working with guest designers for each issue the last you know since last fall but yeah yeah it's, it's been me it's uh you know it's something <laughs> it'll uh, yeah. get, get get the get the old stress levels up that's for sure <laughs> what was that first issue what was in there the first issue was really kind of a music issue okay i mean i know we had uh cuz i've been friends with Sean James since he first moved to Northwest Arkansas we lived in a duplex and so you know i got Sean on board real easy and he was actually the first story we ever had on our website too but i had Sean in there i had, I had a couple of little rock bands yeah like Adam Fawcett was in there if you guys have heard of him he's fantastic so we had you know probably about five music articles and then we had uh artists by the name of Vincent Griffin out of Little Rock and he's our visual artist and I know we had a story on the UCA MFA Writers Program because I had gotten accepted into that, but they weren't going to give any money to go, so I turned it down, and I felt bad about it, so I was like, fuck it, I'll put them in the first issue, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it seemed to go over well. I think they forgave me for turning it down, but, yeah, yeah, so that's pretty much the first issue. Second one was fashion, and then we did film, and then we ended the year with comedy. And so we've always done a theme with each one, even though the first one was unofficially music. Right. That was more like, you know, 2013 music preview. That just kind of ended up becoming the theme of yeah. it. Yeah. Gotcha. Very good. What, as a writer, made you want to discuss the creative lifestyle and not something else? Why... Why paint with such a broad brush with the idol class and why not focus on something a little more niche? 
why not specifically music or that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, I've got a lot of people have asked me that over the years. It's just because there's a lot of things I'm interested in. Plus, everybody does music. That's like the main thing people ever do. And I'm not not I like music. I'm not knocking it. But it that's kind of the easiest thing to do. No one's touched architecture before. Like we did that a couple years ago. We did one on architecture and urbanism. Nobody has done like what we're doing in August, which is graphic design. So there's just so many facets of you know creativity in Arkansas. And it just seems like music is the main thing everybody ever talks about. You know, right. Theater gets sure. some love. Visual art gets some love. But people don't talk about those other things. Food definitely gets love, but mm-hmm. it isn't always looked at as an art form. It's just looked at as food. And so like our issue that's out now, the food issue, we have a huge section on plating. So, yeah, cool. we wanted to – and it's really cool. Uh, gotcha. So, yeah, we have this really cool section on plating in this issue because we want to explore it as a visual medium. And we worked with a photographer named Meredith Mashburn out of Springdale, and Meredith just got with all these great chefs around Arkansas. And she did these really gorgeous plating shots. I mean, some of them just got like uh, – uh, William Lyle at 11 over at Crystal Bridges, he did, his was basically like a deconstructed cheesecake. So he just laid oh, out wow. the ingredients of a cheesecake like artistically, and it's one of the coolest shots in there. And we divided it up like breakfast, lunch, happy hour, dinner, and dessert. Awesome. It's how we structured that section. And I really think it's like 13 pages long. It's like wow. the biggest section we've, and that's just part of the food section. There's mm. other articles too. Right. I mean, we have a section on like, uh, we called it uh, Diners in the Rough, and it's basically all these like hidden gems of uh, uh, you know, uh, places to eat in Arkansas. Uh, so, uh, and also we had Pho Vietnam, uh, which is a really good restaurant at Fort Smith. We had an article on them, kind of told their story as immigrants who fled the fall of Saigon and came over. It's such a beautiful story, and it's one of the most popular restaurants in Fort Smith. Uh, so, yeah, it's th- this food issue I was really happy with. We did a fashion issue earlier this year that I just, I still get goosebumps looking at it. And I don't mean this in like some cocky Kanye West kind of way. Where you're <laughs> like, I'm not going to like start talking about how I'm a genius and a God or anything. Mm-hmm. It's really like, I, I get excited about it because the people that we have can to contribute to it are so fucking good. And uh, I mean, with that fashion issue, I mean, we had these great pictorials by all these great photographers like uh, Sophia Bauer out of Fayetteville, Stephanie Parsley uh, down in Little Rock and, uh, you know, it, it was just, I don't know, that one, I, and originally when I was like, well, I need to do another fashion issue, I really wasn't very excited about it, to be honest, and, because uh, it's like, yeah, I like fashion, but I'm not like a fashionista, and mm-hmm. I was like, eh, but then once we started working on it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool, and I still just, I mean, I absolutely love it, how it turned out, it's just yeah. amazing, so, and but again, it's not because of me, it's just because of all these people that are willing to do work it, it, people who are like photographers that might go and charge a thousand dollars a day are, I mean, I'm not paying them that, you right, know, it's right. because they believe in what we're doing and they want to work with us because it'll, it gives them a creative outlet. It's not only promotion, but it gives them, they're not having to just do your standard commercial photography or standard, like you know, that, you know, I fucking hate engagement photos that make me throw up in my mouth. <laughs> but, I mean, it always looks like a, like a, like a Nicholas Sparks novel, you know? And it's like, Oh, we're, you know, we're, we're attractive white people and our noses are touching and we're grinning and there's a sunset behind us. So it's like for, for some of those people, I mean, they make a good living off of those kind of shots, but it's like they don't have to do that shit. They can come and do something that really, you know, gets them out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So, so that's been exciting to facilitate that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just about to say, like, you know, you're not an expert in any of these things. Like, you're just allowing, you're creating the space to allow others to come in and say, like, hey, I want to... 
um, yeah, I want to make my art here, whether it, you know, whether it is photography or if it's just writing about others art, like that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And, and it's not always like, like it was with that fashion issue with food where it's, they specifically do it for us. I mean, sometimes it's sort of like, oh, this person's a painter, and then we're going to you know, tell the story of their career. We have been really lucky to work with uh, George Dombeck, who is a, probably Arkansas's most famous artist. And, I mean, he has like four or five pieces at Crystal Bridges. Uh, I mean, I think the Waltons are big collectors of his. Uh, just, I mean, he, he's really well known. He, he does, just, he has about five series. His Barn series is his most well known. And we had him in last year for our film issue and he is in this issue again because he did the windows at preacher's son in downtown bentonville yeah. yeah and we had planned to do a story on preacher's son and then george called me one day and she's like hey i want to get in there and i was like all right anytime <laughs> you want in there george you're in there and he's like all right we're gonna talk about the windows and i'm like okay cool <laughs> and so but it just worked out we already had preacher's son on the agenda so we were able to get him up there so there's like a cool photo in front of one of the big windows of george and then we have another one of Matt Cooper in front of the other window for that article. So, so yeah, it, it was uh, it was cool to be able to, I mean, just to work with George Dombeck because he's a, kind of a living legend around here. And also just to be able to showcase this other side of him. And, 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 and it's really, it's flattering to me to have someone who's such an established artist be like, I want to be in there. Yeah. We, we had a cover artist a few years ago named Mazer who used to live in Fayetteville. And I mean, he he's back in Dublin now. He's an Irish guy, but I mean, he goes around the world doing uh, murals. I mean, I, he just posted on Instagram earlier. He's doing one in Dublin, but I mean, he might travel to Germany or Bangkok or whatever. And I mean, that's how he makes his living. And he did a, a special cover just for us. I was going to ask him, but I hadn't quite worked up uh, the guts to do it. And then <laughs> I was at a concert at Kane's, and I get an email from him, and he's like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" I decided to make a cover, and it to me is still one of my favorite covers we've ever had. And that was our radio issue in fall of 2014. And this issue, like we've started doing two covers now. Last wow. issue, or the fashion issue, we had Lisa Kranich fell out of Little Rock, and then we had Crystal Seawood, who used to live in Bentonville, and now she is teaching in uh, Forest City. This issue, though, we have another World Street artist, you know, who lives in Fort Smith now. Her name is Anna Maria, and uh, she works for the same. I, I guess they have kind of the same curator agent person, because there's a lot of these artists who get to go around and do really cool street art. And uh, we we did a cover with her. I mean, it was one of her paintings she already had, but right. it still was really cool. And then we also had a, a cover with a guy named, uh, well, a guy named Guy Bell out of Little Rock, and Guy is about to open up uh, his second gallery in Bentonville, I guess later this year. But so you have Anna who does really interesting animal and insect. Sometimes they're like hybrids of human and insect. Like she has a couple of them down in Fort Smith that cause she got brought here originally for the unexpected. Mm -hmm. So we have her and it's this one look. And then we have guy who does just really like they're landscapes, but they're not shitty landscapes. Like he, <laughs> he has such an interesting style that he can do like our cover is the painting of a flooded field in the Delta, but it's so cool. Like it doesn't just look like, you know, it's, it's not some Bob Ross shit. Right. No disrespect to Bob Ross, the man was a legend. But, you know, it, it, it's it's just such a unique style. I was just like, yeah, we, we've got to give him a cover too. So, you know, I, I kind of have an idea who the next few cover artists are going to be, but I don't want to spoil that just yet. Yeah. Either. What's been the greatest joy and the greatest difficulty in curating stories and art? The greatest joy for me has been like putting a stack in like a coffee shop 
and then you know you're gonna have like your your 25 year old who snags it sure that's expected but then to see somebody who's like 65 walk up and you see them get excited when they pick it up and maybe they've never heard of it you know and and it might be that I just look over there and then you know there's somebody like I say like my mom's age flipping through it and there's somebody young and it's just seeing this wide range of people get excited over the arts in Arkansas that's the best part about it because I mean doing something like this it, it ain't getting you paid and getting you laid all the time you know right. it's, it's not like you're in like a big rock band or whatever it's not a glamorous lifestyle it it, it is what it is but you know, it, it, it's cool to see people get really excited about it. Now, the, the hardest part, like, I don't have an ad sales team. I have me. And that has been the hard part. That and just doing distribution. If I didn't have to do those two things, this would be the this gig would be cake, man. It, it would be so easy to me. Uh, just because the other part is the part I'm really good at and I love to do. That's the part that I really hate to do. Well, I don't mind distribution. It's because I get to take road trips around the state. But selling ads, I mean... I really appreciate our advertisers because we wouldn't exist without them. And I'm glad they think we're a good way for them to reach an audience that they want to reach. But having to actually go sell, you know, it, it's cool <laughs> to walk in. Like, you know these people well and you can, you know, shoot the shit with them. But but having to, like, cold call somebody or whatever, that just sucks. It, it's it's not, like, I can do it and I've done it for years, you know. But, but even now, it's still like, oh, God, I have to talk myself into doing it. So, yeah, just ad sales like that's not a fun thing to do for me but has to be done yeah well i've been curious about like the business end of it because um i mean at least from you know my end of things like magazines seem to be on you know the overall like decline you know what i mean and so like to be able to see like that like flourish and um it's just really interesting to me. Like it, it, well, one, it just shows that you have something awesome going, um, first and foremost. But yeah, if you want to, I guess, speak to that of like well, how to keep afloat and thrive. I, I, I would say this: I don't think magazines themselves are on the decline by any means. Newspapers, like they're, mm. whew, they are tanking. Uh, <laughs> And, I, and and that's why I got that first gig when I was right out of college because they're like, oh, nobody in college is reading newspapers anymore. And this was like 2004 or so. And I was like, all right, I got you, you know. But for magazines, I think it's a different story. It's a harder sell for ads. Hmm. But, man, like I'm telling you, I can go lay down a stack at a well-trafficked place where it's highly visible and they will be gone within two hours. Yep. People want to hold it. People get t tired of listicles on BuzzFeed. Thank they want to God, dig in. Let's get rid of those. Oh, God, I know, right? <laughs> uh, people want those stories. I mean, they're not necessarily wanting to read like some you know big in-depth New Yorker style thing every time. They, yep. they want fun stuff too. And I like the New Yorker. I'm not knocking it. But it's like I try to keep our articles shorter and more digestible for people on the mm. go. Uh, but so so yeah, I, I think magazines they're still there. They're they're still doing pretty well. You're, it's not that the the demand has gone down. It's that the ad revenue is down because hmm. everybody wants to advertise online. Or the you know this one of the things I hear a lot when I, we get turned down is we have a Facebook page and I'm like I got a Facebook page too and I know <laughs> that ain't the best way to reach people. Yeah, hmm. it's part of it. Like absolutely, just like having an Instagram account is part of it. You have to have your social media game on check, but. I mean, if you think that's the only way you're ever going to reach people, sorry, but you're not. You have to go beyond that. 
I think it's a little bit easier if you are selling clothing and things like that online because then you can absolutely track your clickbacks all the way down to a sell. It's still not the greatest investment, but I do understand why people are like, oh, we can follow that path. But if you just, like, let's say you have a restaurant and you're just trying to get your awareness up and get people there. Okay, cool. You need that good Instagram account for sure. But you also I mean, you need to do do some print ads too. Like that's not gonna kill you, you know. Right. People are gonna see it and they're gonna be like, "Oh, this looks like a cool place," you know. Because like with us, they get three months. Like we're, we're quarterly, so like sometimes if people are like, "Oh," and our rates are lower than a lot of places, they'll see it and they're like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Well, look, divide that by three. That's what you're paying per month." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's not like you're paying thousands of dollars and you're getting one or two weeks exposure like if it's some kind of a big newspaper. So yeah, uh, back to your original point. I don't think magazines, the demand. I don't think the demand is going away. I think the demand is still there for really well-made magazines. Yes, and I I think we are. And again, I'm not saying that out of arrogance. I'm saying that because like I have kick-ass designers and photographers. So uh, so yeah, it's just you got to do it right. You can't just have like rich white people hugging at a you know some (laughs) society gala and and expect people to want to read that. I mean. Uh, having been on the other end of working for nonprofits, uh, thank you for existing, rich, rich white people hugging magazines. Uh, be, because, yeah, you want them at your event for sure. Yeah. And, and they serve a purpose. I don't mean to knock them uh, because I write for some of these kind of publications. Mm-hmm. And some of their mm-hmm. founders have been very helpful with me. So, yeah, it, I mean, I think it is cool. They serve a purpose. But people want what we're giving them. And nobody else in Arkansas is quite giving them this. I mean, everybody touches on the arts, but nobody goes in depth with it. Sure. And so I think that's why the demand is there for us. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, being almost the sole uh, storyteller for the arts in Arkansas, um, what has been either surprising or, I don't know, unexpected about artists in Arkansas, whether that's food or whether that's visual arts? Um, what's been surprising maybe to you? But I guess also the catch is you, you, so Zach, you said Northwest Arkansas, but like, you know, you're writing about all of Arkansas. Yeah. Our, our coverage area really, I mean, primarily it's NWA in central Arkansas, but we hit up Jonesboro and, you know, in a little bit on the Eastern side of the state, mm-hmm. I'm from El Dorado. So I, we always make sure to take copies down there and we try to include them when we can. So yeah, we, we like to get, be as inclusive as possible within our state and, I guess, a su- I'm not gonna say there's been a huge surprise with creatives because I think they want to tell their story. For me, the biggest surprise has been on the other end of how much people want to hear their story. Okay. Because yeah, if you're a creative person, I mean, yeah, there're gonna be there've been a few times when I guess I was surprised, but it was like there was at least one painter in Northwest Arkansas who he's kind of a weirdo to begin with, but like he just he's like, well. Tell, tell me the name of your publication. I told him, and I was like, yeah, we put out copies about a block away from your house. If you want to walk over there and get one. And then he came back and turned me down. I was like, well, all right, man, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like, that surprised me, but it's like the dude's really rich, and I guess he doesn't care. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's been surprising to get turned down, but that hasn't happened very much. Right. It's also been surprising to have somebody, like I said, like George Dombeck, who really is excited about it and wants to be a part of it because – that to me is just awesome to have him on board anytime. So, so yeah, there, there have been some surprises on that, but really though, I mean, people really want this in Arkansas. Everybody just expects 
readers to want to read about sports or business or whatever. And that's cool. People do want to read about that. But the arts is just, I mean, Crystal Bridges was the game changer for the entire state. It may be up here, but it changed the game for all of Arkansas. And it got people excited about it. And it's not, suddenly art wasn't just somebody up in Mountain Home or Mountain View, whichever one that went, I always get them confused. But, you know, somebody up there whittling, you know, toy soldiers and, you know. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff, you know. It suddenly art was all these great painters or, you know, people who were doing really cool experimental theater in Fayetteville or, or wherever. You know, like that was the arts and that was and it suddenly it, it everything's just I just really think over like the past seven or eight years, things have just changed a lot. And it's we always want to say as Arkansans that, oh, well, yeah, of course you're going to be surprised at what we have going on. But I think over the last five or six years, we've been surprised at what we have going on in, yeah. in, in terms of the arts, at least. You know, it's and like with tourism, that's been a steady it's not number one. It's still the outdoors for tourism here. Rightfully so, but I mean, art has just skyrocketed, you know, because I used to, I worked in tourism for a while and I remember the governor, Governor Hutchinson talking about the different things at this tourism conference. And that was one of the things he talked about was arts tourism as well and how that had gone up. So yeah, it's, I I think one of the the next big thing, if we could really get the state behind it and, and and I hope they will, because I have some friends who have, it's, it's filmmaking and a few of my friends have gotten their films made or they're about to come out. And there has been some state support for it, but there there aren't those incentives yet like there are in Georgia or Louisiana. And uh, my friend Graham, all, he has a show in uh, Cinemax. HBO, who owns Cinemax, wanted to come to Arkansas and film it. Graham wanted it filmed here, so he didn't have to leave his home very much. Right. And uh, But this was right before BB left office and we were about to have an election. And so H- we couldn't, the state couldn't guarantee these tax incentives because yeah. HBO was going to build a warehouse here. They couldn't guarantee it. And so now they film in Mississippi and Louisiana and a little bit in Tennessee. They, I think they filmed a few scenes in Arkansas, but nothing big. So it's like once that to me is the next big growth industry that is arts related is filmmaking. If we can get our legislature behind it. And, really? and I think Governor Hutchinson would be just from what I've read, but I mean, he's trying to wrangle cats down in Little Rock and, <laughs> and so, some of those cats need their shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Wow. I just didn't know how much of it like was, I guess, political in that sense, like legislative and needing, um, that political governmental funding. Like I just, I'm sorry. I just didn't even ever consider it. Um, so is that like the primary way that like, I don't know that these kind of arts, I guess, particularly for Northwest Arkansas, are funded. Oh no, no, it's not. Uh, filmmaking's a different beast in that gotcha. you're developing infrastructure. So, okay, you know, a lot of times infrastructure projects get tax incentives because they're going to hire a lot of people. And mm-hmm. filmmaking in other states has been a huge thing for the economy. I mean, up here, or just in Arkansas in general, it's still a lot of it is coming from private individuals and from the NEA hopefully that won't get gutted I mean that would even though like a ton of it isn't NEA funded but it's still like a lot of that comes down to Arkansas Arts Council and then they give out like individual artist grants and and I assume that they give some out to art centers as well 
I don't fully know, but I mean, that's funded by the NEA and mm-hmm. the new budget Trump put out would gut the NEA, right. even though it's yeah. like maybe two trips to his country club in Florida. Uh, I won't get political on here, but you know, it's, it's like, don't defund the NEA, man. Uh, be, because like, while there are really amazing, wealthy individuals like the Waltons who support these things, like there ain't a lot of Waltons, you know, it, it's like, and they're, I mean, they, they do as much as they can, you know, but, but it's like they, they can't fund everybody all the time. It, right, it's true. just not realistic. And so, so yeah, we need, we need, you know, government funding and we need these foundations and we need individuals who really care about it. And also we need people willing to come out and pay money to go to things. Yeah. Quit, quit mm-hmm. expecting shit to be free. Uh, like Thank we're fr- you. <laughs> we're free, you <laughs> know, and, and that's a point of frustration. I've really thought about charging, but I honestly think people would quit reading and and that's mm. it's frustrating. So so yeah, just be willing to pony up ten dollars for a play. You know, it's it's worth it. And and I know at times we can all get stretched thin. There have been occasions when I wanted to go see something like at Theater Square, and I was like, well, I'm a little light in the pockets these days, so so I couldn't go. You know, but but if you got the money, be willing to go out and spend it. Buy some art. That's the biggest complaint I have in in Northwest Arkansas. Little Rock's a different game. You got all these doctors and lawyers down there, and other wealthy people who want to buy art. People up here don't buy art, and there's a lot of money up here. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna talk to that for a second. Um, so uh, I was able to um, talk to somebody who works for the Walton Foundation, and there is it's kind of like the opposite situation of how Austin was started. So when Austin started. Um, there was a lot of will and there was a lot of energy um, to get something started, but there was no capital. Um, but instead in Northwest Arkansas, you have a lot of capital, but then no momentum or not no momentum, but like not as much from at least the, like from those with capital. Does that make sense? And so, um, so yeah, that being like kind of a, a problem around here because yeah, you have, you have immense capital, but then um, I feel like, especially with the arts, there's, there's not. The, the kind of people that have a lot of capital are like, but I don't get something like as tangible that I can like understand that that's as concrete, but as, as art, you know, is, is more, you know, freeform. Well, I, I think back to our conversation, we talked to Chad Moppin with Caddy. Yeah. Rumpus. Yeah. Chad's great. Uh, yeah. He's excellent. Um, I mean, we talked to him and giving artists and artisans an opportunity to have their work purchased, you know, or an opportunity for the community to invest in the arts in this area was something that I was really impressed with, with what he was doing with cattywampus and that sort of thing. And that was his big selling point too, was if you like the art in your area and you want to support the arts in your area, pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest problem in Northwest Arkansas, I mean, while you have the Waltons who are willing to, to pony up and build this culture right a lot of their peers you know obviously no one is really financially a peer of a walton in the same maybe a rockefeller or something down in little rock but yeah i mean in in terms of just people of means up here in north arkansas it seems like there's some that give but it seems like a lot of them would still rather donate to build a new athletic center at the u of a or build you know another set of sky boxes over in rental stadium than to actually support an arts program you know whether that be something that's in high school or that is you know trying to bring 
you know, uh, artists to town or, or just support some something like Artist Laboratory Theater in Fayetteville. And, and that really frustrates me. And it's not just that. It's also my, my earlier point being buying visual art. Like, people mm-hmm. up here don't do it. And I really hope when Guy opens Draw that it, it changes the game. Because Bentonville right now, I mean, I think the only gallery is 225, and they're a supporter of ours, and we love them. But I, they had to add a wine bar and tapas, and like they have, they're more of an event space now right. because they had to keep the doors open, you know. And, and it's not on them; it's just on people not willing to buy art. It's like, oh, we'll go buy a three thousand dollar mountain bike, but why spend fifteen hundred dollars on a really great painting? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, not to knock mountain biking; that's cool. <laughs> I, I I street bike sometimes, but it's just like you got the money. I mean, if you're making a hundred k working at Sam's Club or something, you know, like yeah. you could go buy a fucking painting. Right. Yes. It's not that out of your reach, you yes. know. Uh, so, sorry, I won't, I won't get too worked up about this, but but it's really like it's affordable, you know. Like, yeah. And, and maybe it's just a lack of education up here, you know, like there have been more galleries down there longer that, that are a different kind of art. And, and I think up here has been more folk art for a lot longer. Yeah, and I think now sure. there's it's just going through the transition. So I shouldn't just knock the potential buyers, but I think there is a transition and hopefully when guy opens his gallery, that will kind of, you know, lead the way and, and help other galleries open up and, you know, galleries that are around here already kind of be more, you know, sell more and help these artists up here. I'm curious though. Uh, cause I'm not someone who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, I work at a screen printing shop in Fayetteville, you know, I don't make a fourth of that, you know? So for me, what would you, suggests that I do as someone who is not going to be able to invest in a $5,000 painting or whatever well, that is. Get them before they cost 5000 That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know yeah, it, it's, it's like a stock. You know, you, you can buy it when it's a penny stock or you can wait until it's selling for $200. Now, most penny stocks don't do that, but most artists don't become Picasso either, sure, but they still sure. have cool shit. I mean, I think of somebody like Michael Church out of Little Rock. He's a really great collage artist. He was a cover artist of ours last fall. Yeah. Michael's stuff's very affordable. A couple hundred bucks. You know, like you can get a collage from Michael for like 250 You know, mm. I bought some for him back when they were around 100 like a few years years ago when he was starting out so it, it's like fine there are artists out there that are affordable you just have to get out and look around for them and and sometimes if you like an artist you can get it cheaper on their website or just approach them directly because galleries while we should support our galleries some they will add it's going to cost sometimes half as less if you buy it from yeah. the individual artist. Yeah. But sometimes they are under contract and they can't necessarily give you a huge discount. But you, you just got to talk to them, work with them, get out and go to more art events, more art openings. Uh, art Center of the Ozarks does a lot of great openings. And sometimes you can buy things from there too. But I mean, you can also be exposed to these artists. Fable Underground has a lot of great openings. And you know, and, and you can buy from the underground. And it's not I mean, sometimes they have the three, four thousand dollar paintings, but I mean there's some by like my friend Joel down there that are just a few hundred bucks that you could afford right now even that are really fantastic works, you know? And and also it, the, the underground gets their cut and it helps keep the underground open. Yeah, so, true. so yeah, it's, you just got to get out there and, and just look around. There's things that are affordable. And, and I think maybe that is something for a lot of people is that it seems out of reach somewhat. It seems like a rich yep. man's game. And a lot of times it is, but it can be, you know, a working man's game too. Well, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of more of the perspective on, you know, those with not as much capital. Um, I'm kind of, 
interested in those that do have a lot of capital because I have a lot of interactions with the kinds of people that do have a lot of capital. Um, and you talked about education um, and I guess just general exposure and also just, um, I guess, education also um, in relation to just being aware what's happening. You know, I bet, you know, a lot of people around here haven't even heard of Fayetteville Underground or in Bentonville, by the way, like, you know, being in Bentonville. Um, and so I don't know, could you speak to that kind of more on the, on the flip side of things um, a little bit? Well, uh, from that perspective of people who have money, I agree that they get out more, go to more arts events. And I, I think there haven't been a ton of them in Bentonville, per se, I mean, the culinary scene's blown up up here, and people have really been exposed to great food. And so, I, you know, they're definitely starting to appreciate that. But in terms of visual art, you know, there hasn't been a strong of a presence up here outside of Crystal Bridges. Um, you know, and, and not, not to knock what there is around here, but I, it's not like these sort of happenings like you have in Little Rock where, oh, it's gallery walk and everybody goes and hits up the galleries, you know? Like, it's just, I mean, I've gone to some openings down there and I was blown away. I mean, it was just a huge party, like shoulder to shoulder. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect this. And like, you know, in Fayetteville, we get that at the underground and, you know, places as Stage 18 and Sugar and some of those. But in Bentonville, there hasn't been that level of things in terms of making it a party outside of Crystal Bridges. So I think once people, once that's there, that's an option for them to go and experience the other thing, and I think when uh, the new Crystal Bridges Annex opens and they have more contemporary art, that's going to be a great thing, too. People have to get excited about it. Like, Bentonville, you know, I, I made a comment about mountain biking. People, mountain biking is a huge thing here, and it's the cool thing. Art hasn't become the cool thing up here, and I hope in the next couple of years, Bentonville, Rogers, and all that art becomes the cool thing, and you know, yeah, you've got the $3,000 mountain bike, but maybe you go and you have some really cool art on your walls and it's not just like, you're not still rocking some Jim Morrison poster like it's <laughs> freshman year or something, you know? Right. I, mean, I don't know. Probably that isn't the case. But, uh, you know, just yeah, put some art on your walls. And even if you just buy a print, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, an original. It can be a print and you can get some really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just... um. I just wonder about that um, and also the element of this This change is incremental. So, you know, you're right in that Crystal Bridges is bringing about this change. Um, but at the same time, there, there's probably this still this level of, oh, I'm not an art person or like, oh, I, I don't understand it as much. So it's not for me. Like, I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with that completely. I think groups like Art Infusion at Crystal Bridges are doing a good job to bring people in. But just consider, I mean, how we're raised. Football, baseball, sports, that's the thing. I mean, I wasn't into that stuff. I was the art kid, so I was the weirdo, you know. But for everybody else, that's the thing you get excited about. You want to go to that Razorback game, and that's cool. I'm not knocking it. Like, I've been to Razorback games. It's fun. But art wasn't the cool thing, you know. And, and so in, in a lot of cities, it is. And so I think there's got to be that transition up here. And, and then I think, I think once you start seeing it with down here on the bottom you're gonna see i think here it's gonna have to trickle up more than trickle down because i think you're still gonna have your rich people around here cutting their checks to the razorback foundation and stuff and that's always gonna happen you know i'm not saying that should never happen but i i think you're gonna have to see more and more people on the bottom getting excited about it and then that's gonna catch the attention of the wealthier people who are gonna you know more of them will start buying art or underwriting art programs and things like that not and again, not that there aren't people here doing that. There right. are, but there's not as many as there should be. Yeah.
feel like we could talk about maybe the frustrating nature of money and art for hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just absolutely. talking about the dynamics. No, I understand. I'm fascinated. I, I, I totally by it. get it. But I also would love to talk about Black Apple Awards. Yes, because um, I'm really excited to see what that is and how that works. And um, so, could you run us through what exactly Black Apple Awards is? So every publication just about has their best of. Appear Cityscapes does it. You know, you've got the Dim Gazette does it. Little Rock, you have the Arkansas Times, it does it. it. It's always like, oh, and some of them get like real specific, like best dry cleaner in downtown Rogers on, you know, First Street or whatever. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, I wonder who they're trying to sell an ad to. Uh, <laughs> but, but ours, it's like nobody really does that for creatives. Maybe some of them, like I think the Dim Gazette, maybe the Times will have like a favorite artist kind of thing, but it's like four categories total or, or something like that. And so I wanted to do a best of for the things that we cover, the creative life, but I also wanted to do a party because for one, it's cool to have a party and I wanted to be able to expose these people to, you know, party goers. And the other thing being we're a free publication and it's selling ads is a hard, not hard, it's a challenging thing. So we also need a way to make money and, you know, to have kind of a fundraiser. And so that's how the Black Apple Awards came about. Now, the first year was a real learning curve for us. We did uh, just one in Fayetteville, and it was an actual award show because I'd envisioned it like some big Grammy thing, people giving speeches. It's going to be so cool. And in a lot of ways, it was cool. We did it at the Garden Room with Artemis. Uh, we did the first two years with Artemis, and I think they're a great organization. But that first year, like we had presenters and we gave out the awards and and it was just an open call for whoever. Like we launched voting and it was just like you could go in and fill in anybody's name. But I also learned that the winners, some of the winners only got like 15 votes in their yeah. category or yeah. something. So it's yeah. like, you know, maybe we should curate it a little bit, which is what we've done these last two years. But yeah, so, so you know, anyway, we're in there in the garden room and I'm thinking, well, if people want to talk, they'll talk out back but they didn't and they t were drunk and they talked. And if you've been in the garden room, the acoustics aren't great whenever <laughs> there are 150 people all drunk and talking loudly. Mm. And so at one point it got to where people were shouting into the mic, trying to give these awards out and you couldn't even hear it. And I was just like about to, about to flip the fuck out. You know, I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. And I didn't even want to do it when it was all over. But then people started coming up to me later on. Like, Oh, I had such a good time. So they didn't remember it as this, uh, shouting disaster that I did. <laughs> they remembered it as a fun party, which is cool. So we did it again the next year at the garden room, but we also incorporated the parking lot out front. We brought Fayette chill and Puritan and Nightbird in. So we kind of had rotating events and I just was like, you know what? We're not going to give the awards out. We're going to make it a showcase. And we're going to have people who are nominees can come participate, whether it's art, whether it's a food truck, beer, whatever. And it was, and I had fun at it. <laughs> so that was cool, you know? And it seemed like everybody else had even more fun. So we also did one in Little Rock last year at a friend of mine's house. They called the Garland House because it's on Garland Street down there. And they would do arts events there, like kind of house shows, but for art. That's basically what we did. We had, I don't know, maybe 150 people come out all night. It was a good turnout. And so this year, we decided to change things up. And Little Rock, it's going to be on May 7th, and we'll be at South on Main, which is a really great restaurant. And uh, 
it will have, uh, you know, we'll have bands, we'll have art, we'll have live screen pr- printing, live painting, and then we also are going to have a drag show, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the, 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 those girls know how to party, so so it'll be a lot of fun. We didn't have a drag category, but there were artists down there who have done things with the drag community, so, you know, it tied in pretty well. And then in Fayetteville, uh, we are going to do one uh, on the top two levels of the Dixon parking deck right off Dixon Street. Excellent. Sweet. So, yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't rain, you know, everything. This <laughs> well, will it's be top like the two, right? Set. So, I mean, like, you can go We down could go to the third floor. It there would just, we'd have to cram all that shit in there. I don't know how the acoustics would turn out. More yelling. Yeah. More screaming, yelling, drunk oh, people. Oh, yeah. As it is, you know, being up on top, I think the bands will sound pretty good. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, and it's May. Usually May's cool as far as weather goes, so I'm, I'm hoping everything works out. But with uh, with the ones up there this year, I mean, we're looking at music. Uh, I'm hoping we can get, like last year we had some circus performers come out, so I hope we can get oh, wow. that. We're still in the process of booking the entertainment, so I can't just be like, it's these people and these people, sure. you know. But, it, you know, we will have art. We will have beer sampling there for people who are VIP members. You know, we'll have food there. And it'll just be a hell of a party you know it's gonna bookend block street block party you know we met with them beforehand to make sure we weren't you know they thought it was cool and we got their blessing and so we're doing it friday night and then they're doing their thing on sunday awesome. so you know you can stay at home and sleep your hangover off on saturday and yeah, go and party again, again on, on sunday. sunday you know it, it'll be a great weekend and you know as long as everything works out so yeah i really hope people come out and voting will end after that's over which as i say may 19th so I haven't announced it. I haven't decided yet, but probably like around 22nd, 23rd, we'll end voting. And then, then we'll announce who they were and, you know, we'll give out the awards. But this year we had a lot more categories. Mm-hmm. We had close to 30 and maybe it's 25. I, I forget. Like I cut a few, but I mean, it, it is, every, it, it kind of is divided up among visual art, performing arts and culinary art. Yes. Now we, we have everything uh, from like radio shows to theater to, to, to all that and the visual art it's everything from like you know public art's gotten huge the last couple of years so it got its own category we have you know like 3d artists we have uh illustrator it's just you know, people like chad moppin are nominated for that and yeah i mean it's just a lot more categories but at first I, we didn't do a lot more last year because i still had that first year mindset of I don't want to give out 25 awards or whatever and then I remember like wait we're not actually giving these things out and so we decided to up the awards this year and and add more categories I mean we have comedy in there too so so yeah it's uh it's gonna be a fun night we're still kind of figuring out what the particulars are gonna be but uh if you want to vote or find out more information go to idleclassmag.com slash blackapple2017 and you'll find it all there and you said May 18th right May 19th. May 19th. May 19th. May 19th. I just wanted to say that more than May 18th (laughs) for the listener. Um, Also, just going down the list, um, like going down the list for voting, um, I loved how even just by merit of having, um, having people vote, they're aware of you know, those that produce art in their area. So um, specifically, you know, I was looking at the tattoo artists and, you know, like I want to eventually get another tattoo. And I was like, hey, this is this is a good short list of people. Like, so you're promoting their themselves and their art, like 
even by just having them on the ballot. Absolutely. That's kind of how I look at it. And with the body artist category, with all these, I feel bad that we can have more people. I mean, music was like bloated to like 10 nominees, you know, because it was hard to whittle it down. And there are definitely a lot of body artist people that we missed, you know, and and I wanted to make it. And so we did, we had last year we had favorite tattoo artists, but I wanted to go beyond tattoo. Like Mm. this year we have uh, someone who does scarification, which is really cool. Oh yeah. And uh, it it hasn't really called on. I mean, it's still like a newer thing, but, but it's interesting. And then we had uh, like a piercer who was nominated as well. So so yeah. And then of course we have really great tattoo artists. Like we have one who was on uh, Katie from Black Cobra and Little Rock. She was on Ink Master a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. The guy who won it last year is her uh, coworker, Matt Oba. And he, he was on Ink Masters as well. He may have won it on Ink Masters. I I can't remember, but, but yeah, I mean, so, so that, so that is a, a really cool thing to have that category. I'm trying to think of some other interesting ones this year. There's the spoken word category. Yeah, yeah, the, the spoken word that that is a new one, and you know, there's just so many cool like poetry readings and things. Now they're not all poetry readings. Ozark poets and writers. You can get up there and read fiction. I, I was a featured reader at that last year, but also that's what she said. If you're familiar with them, we, we went, went to the show, show on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. They're yeah. so fantastic. But I didn't know where to put them. You know, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. initially. I was thinking of some kind of performing arts thing, and then you know, people were like well, that's not really theater. And I was just like, like well, it's comedy. Okay. And then also they have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah th- there are a yeah. lot of things. So I just put them in spoken word. You know, it's, hmm. I know they didn't quite think they belong there or at least one of them voiced that on Facebook, but it's like, I didn't mean it as a dig at them at all. It's just like, I really, they're so different yeah. that yeah. they would probably should have their own category. And they yeah. would win it by yeah. default. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely. why they were complaining. Because they yeah. wanted a category all unto themselves to win. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what do they win? Like, is it... Yeah, I, I don't know what they win. Well, we've done different things. I mean, it's always been homemade kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like, the first year we had uh, Jonathan Paradin from Springdale, like, cut out apples. And then we had an artist paint them. And she did some really cool stuff. Last year, we had... Uh, board bros uh a a woodworking uh company out of Fayetteville they made the awards and we went down to electric growth screen printing in Little Rock and they screen printed our logo on there cool so you know it's it's its own thing it's not like we're going to the local shop where you get your t-ball awards (laughs) and doing something like that Uh, like Zach's screen printing shop we don't do (laughs) little cheap plastic (laughs) awards for t-ball I just want to make a dig at Zach. Yeah, I'm sorry. Course. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and this year we have a few ideas, but I'm not gonna announce it yet because we haven't finalized yeah, it. But it'll sure. be something cool. You know, it, it'll be something interesting. When is the uh, podcast category coming up? Is that next year? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've given the seed has been planted. There we go. We'll, we'll see how it grows. Yeah, okay. We'll see if we're even considered. <laughs> We're uh, we're one of four podcasts in the area, and we don't even make the short list on the ballot. <laughs> like, pretty, mm, we really hated those rough. Hey Hey NWA guys, man. Speaking of that, though, how do you select the artists for the uh, the ballot? Well, basically, with a lot of it, we go to, oh, well, with all of it, we go and we have kind of our core group of people that's you know less than 10 people and then from there like we reach out if it's visual arts and maybe we reach out to some gallery owners or or people who are curators or, or what have you and and they give us you know i'm like hey give me your top three favorite painters 
and they'll give us that. And then from there, like our core group meets and then we whittle it down to, to who it was. And, you know, I'll, like there are times when there are nominees that I didn't necessarily agree with. And there are times when I push for people that the others didn't necessarily agree with. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it, it's not a, it's not me like I select you, you know, it's not like the right. bachelor or some shit. I'm not handing out roses. I accept this rose. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's a group effort. I mean, we try and bring in people who are passionate about those categories mm, and get sure. their feedback. I'm curious. The auto class does a lot of events. I've seen you guys when you post on social media, just showing up and giving people an opportunity to talk like in Rogers, you guys did a, uh, writing sort of, Workshop. It wasn't really a workshop, was it? It was a. Uh, I've seen you guys. I guess I've just seen you I'm, guys. I'm trying too. to remember what that would have been in Rogers. I was a reader at something in downtown Rogers I think that was a while back, so maybe that's what you saw. Yeah, something and, like that. And yeah, that was like a, a new spoken word thing that they've just launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was the first person that they had, and that was back in January, and that was a lot of fun. I, I love mm-hmm. to read fiction, which is what I write as a hobby. Uh, so, so yeah, but in terms of our events, we uh, yeah we we try. We need to do more and. I'm hoping with this food issue, once Black Apple's over, we're talking to uh, Rock City Eats and NWA Eats, uh, the guy, Greg, who's the editor there, about doing an event up here. Um, I'm hoping, I think probably at 225 Gallery, if we can put it together, and then do one down in Little Rock as well. And, and so I'm hoping we can have those in June. But yeah, I would love to do an event every month. It's just not always achievable. Right. But uh, we do them whenever we can. And that could be everything from some kind of spoken word thing to maybe it's a comedy night or we're showing movies or it's just kind of a general release party. Peyton, do you have anything else you want to ask? Can we talk about the fiction that you write? Sure. I'm Bring it on. Yeah, so what are you writing? Uh, it's not genre stuff. It's just more like literary stuff. Like I have a novel I'm working on right now. And uh, I had my first short story getting published this fall. I've been writing for years. Awesome. I mean, there have only been a few periods when I've tried to get published. And this one I had sent out to maybe five places, and it got picked up by one that's a pretty good website, and it'll come out in October. So I'm pretty hyped about that. And do you but, typically write short stories? or No, not really. Okay. I, I wish I was more of a short story guy. I'm just not. Yeah, because you could produce more. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. But I'm more of a long-form guy. So I've mm-hmm. been working on this one novel since last November. Like I went, I started it like November was a lot of fun because I went up to the house where Hemingway used to stay in Pigott, mm. and uh, I wrote where he wrote a uh, farewell to arms, mm. and and so that was really fun. And mm. so I was there for about a week. I went out to Eureka Springs to Dairy Hollow Riders Colony for about a week and worked on it out there. So, so yeah, I mean that was really cool. I, mean, I wrote on it today. Now I, I'm a weird one when it comes to writing. A lot of people want to go to like our Segas or something and like, oh, I'm I'm cool. I'm writing here. You know, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I guess because I know a lot of people that work there. So if I go there, it's going to be more of a social hour. Right. So I go to Nukes Eatery a lot. And I guess this is my kind of endorsement of going to Nukes. <laughs> uh, I go there every day. They, they even even if I'm not writing, I, I've gotten to where I go there every day. I don't always eat, but they have really good diet coke, and I'm kind of addicted to that. And the breadsticks and the bags. Oh, they do have the bag breadsticks. They do. They have really good pickles. Pickles, breadsticks, and diet coke. If you're and I would recommend for, oh, any wow, of their salads diet. with kale. Any they, of their they salads. Have good kale. Uh, so yeah, but that's kind of my spot. Like I was there this afternoon writing for a little bit, you know. And so maybe I get three pages in a session. Maybe I only get a paragraph. It kind of varies. But but yeah, I, I like to tell more what would be termed literary fiction as opposed to genre stuff. I mean, 
I mean, not to knock genre at all. I think it's really impressive when people can do that well. I, it's just not how my mind functions. Just like my mind doesn't function that well with short stories mm-hmm. either. I mean, it does sometimes, but it's like I have to really know what I'm going for and have to develop it. I'll, I'll also write screenplays too. Okay. Awesome. What do you what do you kind of draw on from like when you're writing a novel or you're writing a screenplay or I guess a short story? So say the short story, it's called Plain House and it's getting published and it is I would say seventy percent true. Like um yeah, yeah, it, it, it's really true. But then, like, the novel I'm writing isn't at all. I'm just totally making that up. Now, it is based on certain kind of themes that have been in the news and things like that. Like, the okay. main character is this kid who's, like, 20, and he is a registered sex offender because he got caught sending dick pics to his girlfriend mm. who was underage, you know? And, mm. and so it's, like, it's kind of his story of having to, like, live this dual life of, like, trying to date someone new, but he can't tell her, you know, mm. because he's afraid she'll reject him. But he's not... He didn't do it, you know? And, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot broader than that and there's several storylines others that are going on but but yeah but there had been a lot of things i had read in the media about how these laws haven't caught up to snapchat and other technology so you got kids who are snapchatting they're sexting and stuff somebody's dad finds it and then the next thing you know they're getting arrested and branded for life and yeah i mean so some of these kids have been in really bad situations because if they did, they were a teenager and did what teenagers do, which is stupid shit, you know? (laughs) So cool. Whenever, whenever the novel hits the shelves or whenever, or if you want to, if you want it to ever hit the shelves, we'd love to have you back on and talk about it. Well, yeah, if it ever gets published, I'll come back to Hey, Hey, NWA. Good deal. (laughs) That's, That's us. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I could talk about myself all night. <laughs> this is like feeding my ego. Yeah. Over here. Oh, yeah. oh, dang um, it. We should stop I, this. I might start pulling a Kanye here in a minute. I don't know. <laughs> if you keep me going. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I guess one, of, one thing I would want people to know before we close it out, follow us on social media. It's mm-hmm. just The Idle Class, you know, T-H-E-I-D-L-E-C-L-A-S-S. I mean, we're on Instagram. We're on Snapchat. I don't do a whole lot of Snapchat because I don't, fuck, I don't know. I, I use it you, frequently yeah. with my girlfriend and I still don't get it. You know, <laughs> it, it, I'm still like maneuvering around, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like somebody's grandma on Facebook with this. Yeah. It's just confusing. Uh, but <laughs> we are on Snapchat. I'm not going to send you anything. I would send someone I'm dating. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I try and do stories phone at, at arts events and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, Instagram, we're real active on. Facebook, we're active on. I've gotten back on Twitter again. Uh, I hadn't, I didn't mess with it for a while, but I'm, I'm back on there doing things too. And also, just come out to the Black Apple Awards showcase on May 19th in Fayetteville. We would love now, do to, you have to get there. tickets in advance for that. You can get them at the door, uh, but you know, I, I believe we will do some specials if you buy them in advance. Cool. We uh, will have that up here very soon online, where you can buy them. Sweet. Yeah. How can? Uh... People can keep up with you on the uh, social media. How can we support what you're doing? Well, you can come buy a lot of tickets to the uh, Black Apple Awards. Uh, if you have a business, you can advertise. If I haven't offended you over the course of this podcast. And, um, you know, also just help get the word out. You know, if you have a copy and you love it, pick up a copy for your friend. Or when you're done, pass it along. Or And, and I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a dick about this. Recycle it. If you don't want it, don't throw it in the trash can. I recommend you you keep it on your coffee table forever. But if that's not the case, throw it in a recycling bin, please. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Also, we'll 
so let's say a listener doesn't know where to find this like find the idol class magazine like what kind of places do you typically drop the magazines off the good places. The good places. So go to <laughs> the good places. Uh, I, I know, yeah, it's we do it at so many different types of places. You know, we leave it at a lot of hotels in Northwest Arkansas, but we also leave it at places like Onyx or Arsegas or the library or on campus, things like that. So just keep your eyes peeled. I mean, if you really want to know, hit me up on Facebook, and I'll find a way you can get an issue. Cool. Uh, but we put them out there. It's just you got to act quick because if you see it go up on Instagram that we're doing – distribution you may not find copies three weeks from now because everybody may have snatched them up i mean you know we're printing ten thousand, but that'll go quickly because there like i said there's demand for it you know awesome cody thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate having you and talking about everything thanks for having me guys yeah absolutely so back in the conversation when we're talking about supporting the arts and um i kind of hit Cody with a lot of questions. I, um, <laughs> I was asking a lot about just how do people all over kind of the economic spectrum support the arts or engage in the arts. Um, and so what I was trying to get at is, you know, how do people with, with the means support the arts and become more aware of the arts if, you know, maybe they don't have the, um, not the, not necessarily the passion, but don't have the awareness of where to find the arts or just the understanding of the arts. Maybe they're not, they would say, Oh, I'm not an art person, but they have means. But then also on the other end where people who are creative and engage in art and um, seek to create and enjoy art, but don't have the means, like what do they do? Um, I think that's a very interesting conversation. And we actually, this past weekend, this is very timely, we got back from Caddy Wampus. Yes, we did. Uh, the Caddy Wampus Carnival, part of the Brewgrass, Brewgrass Festival. Um, and I, I just really, I don't know, like as a person who can support the arts financially, mm-hmm. I really felt that, I don't want to say weight, but, but just, I'm going to say it. Yeah, the weight on myself as a person who enjoys the arts to instead of just being a taker actually you know pay for the arts and support the arts financially yeah um and so <laughs> yeah like i i got a little a little carried away at the caddy wampus <laughs> but um but i was actually actually zach before you got here i was hanging up um my it's around the corner um i was hanging up this is a uh, visual gag yes, for it those is. of you who aren't watching the video stream of this yeah podcast. Well, you know, watching the live stream um so uh zach introduced me to monica what's her last name do you know jordan uh yes so she did um paper mache paper mache um paper collages and um just beautifully done um she had one that was chance the rapper she had one that was betty white she also had ones that were mountains and they were smaller um and i i was able to buy one of those and um, hang it up. And I was just thinking about that. Like mm-hmm. I am a part of this process. I'm able to, um, you know, they're, they're able to make the art. Monica's able to make the art. I enjoy it. I financially support it. And now I have it in my home and I get to like view it all the time. Yeah. And I'm a part of this, this machine that really allows art to be and allows art to continually be made. Right. Um, I teared up. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I was like, when you were hanging it up, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and plus, it's beautiful. I I love it. Um, so just being a part of that, I really, I really think that, um, 
you know, me on, on that end of the spectrum, I think we can really be a good force in the arts. And Peyton, you're not someone who makes $300,000 a year either. No, I'm not. I, I live enough to, I, I make enough to just support myself and I have extra cash that I don't know what to do with sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And even, I think for me, I also bought, um, a couple of pieces at Caddy Wampus. Michaela Hoffman, she's a ceramicist out of the university recently. Um, she's had a show at the shed in Fayetteville. Um, but she does this really weird, uh, ceramic work that incorporates anatomy into it. A lot of faces, mouths, noses, a lot of facial features in her ceramic work. Um, and I bought a planter from her, um, for a little baby succulent. Um, but as I was walking around cattywampus, I was looking at art and I enjoyed a lot of the art. Um, but when I, looked at her work it wasn't like it was a pretty ceramic planter or anything but there was something about it that spoke to me as far as um I don't know what it was I couldn't even tell you what it was but there was something in me that was attracted to that art and part of me was like well that's not beautiful do I want to have that in my house and that conversation that we had with Cody and that which was reinforced by Chad was, do you want to see more of this work in your world or do you not? And the way that you see more of this work in the world is to contribute to the artists who produce this work. Mm -hmm. And for me, I looked at Michaela's work and I thought, man, I really like that work. And so I want to support Michaela for what she's doing and I want to see more of this work. Uh, so I vote with my dollar, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, give her the means to produce more of that work. Right. Um, so now I have a very spooky looking, uh, <laughs> bust of a man with a succulent growing out of his head in my house. Um, because I love it because I love the work that she does. Um, but to have that as a part of now, this is part of, your day-to-day -day, uh, it's a part of the decor that makes up your home or the art that's a part of your day-to-day uh, -day. Um, it feels good like it feels mm -hmm. good to say like I am for you Monica I am for you Michaela like keep doing this good work we want to support what you're doing and also you're not just getting a random piece of art that is printed you know from some factory you're getting somebody who had, who you meet, who you're able to, you know, see their signature on there and you're able to talk about them and be like, yeah, Monica, she's like an art teacher here. And she got into it three years ago and she did a self portrait at the beginning. And it wasn't that great, but she has it in the inspiration of the back of her classroom mm -hmm. to just keep, just a reminder of where she's been and how much she's progressed. Yeah. Like I'm able to talk about that every time and think about that every time I see those, those mountains in that paper mache, um, and the thing is you don't have to spend an extraordinary amount to like feel that way. You That's can, true. you know, in these events, um, like cattywampus, there's something for everybody. You can get a $5 sticker all the way up to, you know, a thousand five hundred dollar giant torn paper landscape cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Masterpiece. And so there's really something for everybody. And so, 
if you appreciate the arts in any capacity, um, give a little, give as much as you feel comfortable to with, but give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being said, talking about cattywampus, talking about the Arkansas Brewgrass Festival, um, we are kind of transitioning our schedule for the summer. Um, so you're going to hear, um, a lot less We're doing fewer. Let me get my grammar correct there. You can we're, do it. we're doing fewer interviews, uh, for the summer, probably taking a hiatus on interviews for the summer and doing an event schedule for the summer. So you'll see a lot of stuff from us, uh, that will be, event centric because there's a lot of events going on. So Peyton, um, as you've heard him talk about has done the Bentonville film festival later on this week, you will see, uh, his review of some of the films, some of his, I guess your top five favorite films. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and so we'll release that in the next couple of days. You'll see that and see, uh, what Peyton thought about the film festival. Yeah. I'm no film critic, but <laughs> you know, I can talk about my experience a little bit. Yeah. And so, We'll, you'll see some more of that from us doing events, doing music festivals, doing craft shows, doing whatever kind of shows up on um, our radar mm -hmm. as far as that. And you'll see stuff. It'll be coined Hey Hey. Event hey, name. Event name here. I'm calling it the Hey Hey series. Hey Hey series. But within that, um, we're going to let you know in advance. We're not just going to be like, oh, by the way, you missed something cool. Yeah. Um, so if you check our Facebook page, we'll post these events. Also, um, we'll talk about them on the local lowdown. The local lowdown will keep going. So listen to those for event recommendations in the future. We'll talk about those there. And or if you just like hearing Elisa's voice, keep listening. Yeah, to seriously. She's she's, she's a she's a card. She's a joy to have. Yeah. Um, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, if you want to support what we're doing, or if you want to follow what we're doing, you can find us all those events that we're talking about. You can find them at facebook.com forward slash. Hey, Hey, NWA. You can follow us on Instagram at Hey, Hey, NWA podcast. You can keep up with us on those places. And those, also our podcast. Also, if you're listening to this on your computer, we we get we get really happy when people subscribe to us. That's neat. Yeah, you can uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google uh, Play, Google Play. There's a bunch of places you can find us. We're about on every SoundCloud. We have some followers on SoundCloud, and that's a lot of fun. Don't tell them we're on SoundCloud. That's a secret. <laughs> um, so you can find us at all of those places. If you want to financially support what we're doing, um, you can do that at uh, patreon.com forward slash hey, hey, NWA. Uh, we got rewards for people who support us. Um, and also uh, for the summer, part of the reason we're taking off part of the summer is because we're trying to develop some relationships into doing more of a coalition of podcasts together. Um, something I'm kind of, shoehorning that I'm really excited about, uh, where we might get together with some of the local podcasts that you might know of in the area. Um, you might hear some of those podcast people on our podcast. You may hear us on other shows. Um, but we're looking forward to the summer because I think we've got some really fun stuff coming down the pipeline in terms of connecting with other podcasts and maybe, maybe this is a big, maybe don't mark my words on this, but my big dream is, uh, having a, Northwest Arkansas podcast coalition. So, and if you're unaware of the podcast in the area, we have, that's what she said, which is, uh, 
which actually also has um, events themselves, comedy nights, where that center around a certain theme. Mm-hmm. It's and, an adult storytelling platform. Yes. They do live shows often. They're really incredible women and men. True. Um, we also have the Basic Brewing Podcast, which is out of... It's out of Rogers, and mm-hmm. it's really excellent. Um, he's a... Uh, Spence, James Spencer is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, We're actually able to meet some of those guys at, at Brewgrass this weekend. So Yeah, yeah. Great. Some of the uh, Arkansas Brewers Guild people we met this weekend. Um, Raj Suresh, who's been on our podcast before, is releasing a podcast soon called Cowboys and Indians, where he gets to sit down and talk to comedians. Um, there's a ton of stuff going on. Uh, don't forget KUAF out of Fayetteville has mm-hmm. Ozarks at large. They have a music mix down. They have uh, food and beverage podcast. They do a ton of stuff. Check them out. We're hoping to get together with some of these people. So yeah, uh, coming down the pipeline soon. Uh, Startup Junkie has a podcast mm-hmm. called the Startup Junkie Podcast. We are buddies with Michael Eisman, who does that show. Um, so check those shows out. Uh, this is kind of our free plug because yeah. they don't know that we're doing this. And so we'll just send them an email later being like, Hey, we mentioned your name on the podcast. Hey, could um, you could you give it? us this sum of money? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Uh, retroactive, um, sponsorships, right? Advertisement. I mean, we could do that. Yeah. Anyway, so go check those podcasts out. Like you support the arts in your area, support the local podcast, um, local radio. We believe in that stuff as well or else we would not be doing this show so um anyway that's going to be our show for this week well you're forgetting something you're forgetting the jam because that's the jam that is the jam that's so the jam that's so the jam it's the jam that i can see zach's gonna edit that part out maybe we'll see